0: Tonight I thought we would be a little jovial because I think we've all earned it and have a little fun. So stay tuned, Dr. Zeus Film Podcast. At the beginning, after this, you're gonna hear my rendition of Donna Summers. I feel love but not for Trump. The effervescent singer, not just of disco, but of everything. And so I have tried to capture in all possible ways of humor and Pro Tools, Donna Summer, saying goodbye Trump, goodbye Melania, we'll see it in the next edition of Goodnight Moon, don't forget not to let the Air Force One hit you in the booty, alright, alright, and you know, I think we're all wondering, what did he leave in that letter, I know I am, stay tuned, Dr. Zeus Film Podcast, coming up. Good evening, and welcome to the Doctor Zeus Film Podcast. It's a short night. I just want you to enjoy some uh, podcast moments. I I'm tired, and so I feel let's compile, and we'll return tomorrow. So enjoy. Don't you just love these intros? Good Doctor Zeus Film Podcast. Suck it. Good evening, and welcome to the Dr. Seuss Film Podcast. This is a short one tonight, but we're going to talk about a classic comedy from the 1980s. Right off the heels of her Oscar-nominated, have should-been-winning performance in The Color Purple. And with that title song by the Rolling Stones, covered by the immortal Aretha Franklin. Starring Whoopi Goldberg. Jumpin' Jack Flash directed by the late the great this was her first film that she directed it was a big step for a female director it earned a lot of money and that is Jumpin' Jack Flash it is an entertaining film Carol Kane Annie Potts um uh a very interesting cast and of course Whoopi Goldberg Playing Terry Doolittle. I love this film. I love the. I mean, the, you know, this is, this is a funny, funny movie. You know, you got to remember, Whoopi, Whoopi started out in, um, in comedy. Here we go.
1: Teeth, you can hear what I had to say. You what are you get doing here? I told him not to call anybody. They fished your card out of my
2: pocket. You're wet.
1: Really, Marty? God, you're so perceptive.
2: You know her. Oh, I work with her. She' nuts. You found her screaming, soaking wet, waving down cars near Battery Park. What happened? Fell in the river. I told you
1: I didn't fall in the river. I was thrown. By
2: well, your pimp, your john.
1: What is it with you people? Every time you see a black woman, it has to be a pimp for a John? What do you think? There's a lot of work down on the pier for hookers? You think I'm giving blowjobs down there to goldfish? Is she
3: on some kind of medication? Not that I know of. you want some kind of medication?
1: Marty! You know, you can talk directly to me, asshole. Watch your mouth. It is a dead man floating around in the river i think it's time to go home now we sent a car
2: down there lady look who i'm calling lady we found nothing 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 well drag the river
1: there are killers running around the fucking city
2: how would you like me to wash your mouth out with a wire brush
1: how'd you like if i kick you in the nuts so hard that they get lodged in your fucking nostrils
3: my that's a vivid image isn't it
0: um, <laughs> and, you know, that's um, I'll be responsible for her. It's funny It's it's Whoopi Goldberg at her best me, <laughs> Hold on oh, really like. no, no, Of course you've got Gary Marshall Brother to Penny Marshall Hey Penny, let me be in your movie it. She has it really, this is sweet talk. There's so many funny moments My favorite is the phone booth
1: What? You want to call her? my ass. Find me in New York for this fucking quarter. Okay, okay, okay. I, I, I just. Here's the quarter. I'm sorry. I just, who knew there was a phone to stop over? I mean you get my umbrella while you're at it there. These guys are serious. Ah!
0: Yep, she's get the the phone booth is getting towed away. We can't play the music um, because we'll get in very big copyright trouble, won't we? But it's a really great scene, and she's like, "I'm a black woman in a phone fo- in a phone booth. It's being moved across the city." Yeah, uh, um, this is such a classic movie. I remember they always would play it on TV. My grandfather loved it. I loved it and of course the voice of Jack in, is played by Jonathan Price you know from The Two Popes so I mean this is this is a classic movie um, at one point here we go and if you'd like to leave a little message that'd
3: be good too okay bye so that's what you're saying oh I'm
1: sorry don't forget to wait for the people will
3: you
4: it, uh, it's a fairly long space but it's coming soon
3: Shock. it's me
0: again. So, what happens is, Terry little works at this bank, and it's in the early days of the internet, and she's corresponding with people all over the world. And one day, this gentleman is begins writing to her, and his name is Jack. And... He gives her a code within the song Jumping Jack Flash, wants her to find the key, the code key in the song. So she's listening to Jumping Jack Flash, trying to decipher the lyrics. It's a funny moment. And it's also funny that the song, the title song, is redone by the Evervescent Aretha Franklin. So you've got you've got some really strong female characters. You've got Whoopi Goldberg, you know, you've got the director Penny Marshall, and you've got Miss Aretha Franklin doing the song. So come on. You know, it's it's a classic movie. Um, I love this movie so much. Carol Kane too. Here we go.
3: Grateful if you said yes. What's the message? Dogs biking can't fly without an umbrella are you sitting there? Come on. I'm not saying that. I can't go to some damn consulate and talk about dogs. Why are you...
4: Mr. Tab? this guy looked to me like
1: a... Why are you saying that? Because I'm a woman? Correct. Thanks for your help. I
4: don't believe this. I, I risked my life when this guy tells me he doesn't believe in it because I'm a woman. What an asshole. Harry? Terry.
3: What? No, no, forget it. Terry. What? I know you're bad. You know, you... You... Do you want
1: help or not? i have got better things to do than to save your butt, bud.
0: I'm sorry. So, you know, of course, they have the voice, and she can... Well, she can't hear it, but it's the movie, you know. And there's so many different things that occur. There's a really great cast within... Jumpy Jack Flash. And you know, you think of the movies that Penny Marshall directed. League of Their Own, The Preacher's Wife, you know, Awakenings. Did she do Awakenings? I think she did. I me mean, let me let me double check. Yeah, she did. Awakenings Renaissance Man. Um Yeah. I mean, LaVoyne and Shoyley Come on Shamil Shamazel She was an amazing director But her first feature film was Her directorial debut Jumpin' Jack Flash Produced by Lawrence Gordon and Joel Silver It made uh, $29 million at the box office Nice it was. It was a major stepping stone Um Jumping Jack Flash. Oh, it, it didn't get good reviews, but oh well. Ebert liked Goldberg's performance, but felt she was harassed to an exhausted screenplay. Okay. Mm. See, this is where it's always about the people, as the critics, which is what in, it matters. Although it was not well received by critics, the film was a modest success at the box office. Okay. I love it. It's it's a classic. Whoopi Goldberg is Terry Doolittle. Stephen Collins huh, is Marty Phil. Phillips, John Wood as Jeremy Talbot, Carol Kane as Cynthia, Annie Potts as Liz Carlson, Peter Michael Gotez as Mister Page. Oh yeah, you're gonna you're gonna know those names as you watch it. Roscoe Lee Brown as Archer Lincoln. Roscoe Lee Brown, very you know, classic African American actor. You know, um, was uh, a Tony Tony nominated uh, actor. Was also on the Cosby Show. You know, Sarah Bot- Botsford is Lady Sarah Billings, and uh, Jonathan Price is Jack. Yeah, it's jumping Jack Flash, John Lovitz, Phil Hart Oh, yeah, that's the other thing. In addition, a number of the then current and future players From Saturday Night Live appeared in smaller roles within jumping Jack Flash jo- John Lovitz, Phil Hartman, Jim Belushi. Michael McKean Tracy Ullman appears in a cameo role That's true And the director's daughter, Tracy Reiner Plays a secretary Comedian Sam Kinison, who was dating director Penny Marshall at the time, was offered an unknown Supporting role, but Whoopi Goldberg nixed the deal Causing Marshall and Kinison To end their relationship and starting a bitter feud Between Kinison and Goldberg I didn't know that Interesting Production of the film, originally conceived as a vehicle for Shelley Long, was problematic. The script was troubled and often was rewritten on the set. It began with Howard Seifel as director, but he was replaced early in the production by Penny Marshall. A lot of history within the context of Jumpin' Jack Flash. But this is right off the heels of The Color Purple. So, you know, for that's a dramatic Oh my god, it's epic proportions So it's fitting that Whoopi would do A comedy right after You know I love Jumpin' Jack Flash It's classic, it's it's uh, thrilling But it's funny When you've got Whoopi Goldberg Playing Terry Doolittle Who is trying to listen for the key to, And we can't play it Because it's the Rolling Stones And they'll sue me if I play their songs on my show Look what they did to the Verve Remember Bittersweet Symphony? Oh yeah um, and she's listening to Jumpin' Jack Flash, and she's like, come on, speak English, Mick, fuck-a-duck. And she's like, this is, these, because she's trying to decipher, you know, I was born in a crossfire hurricane. And then she's like, I was raised by two lesbians, two lesbians, Mick, fuck-a-duck. Um, or, I was wives in the Pazwa City, yeah. David Bowie does a really great impression of Mick Jagger. Um, in fact, could we find it? I mean, it has nothing to do with the movie, but, you know, um, as it makes me think of it as Whoopi's character, Terry Doolittle, is trying to decipher the lyrics. And um, this, is, this is really good.
1: Oh, my God, this is the future of music.
0: <laughs> Here it is.
3: Yells out get your hair cut <laughs> mick says and i'll never forget these words well i look like you
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's classic see and and when you're watching jumping jack flash you know terry Doolittle tries to you know he's like okay mick what are you trying to say but if david bowie can speak mick jagger then hey and he was an actor too, you know. A lot of people forget that. You know, the films that David Bowie did, not just the rock star theatrical. Oh, the late Penny Marshall. What an amazing director. I love Rosie O'Donnell's impressions of her. Talk about a comedy icon, okay? You know, she's like Penny would be like, okay, well see, tomorrow Madonna's gonna come over. If she likes you, she'll do the movie. Don't be nervous. Yeah. And it it doesn't hurt that your brother is Gary Marshall. Hello, Lavoine and Shirley, Um, the director, the producer, Gary Marshall. Okay, you know, um, being in your your first film and then all these comedy icons, Carol Kane. Come on, Taxi and Whoopi Goldberg. Whoopi Goldberg started off on, on Broadway. She was doing Fontaine. Remember that? Remember her stand up? She was creating these characters and that's how it it all happened. And she brings a lot of that to Jumpin' Jack Flash. There's a lot going on in this movie. I could see why some people don't like it. I loved it. You know, when you watch a movie, it, I think even though people don't like it, if you find something in it, like I said with that movie, Tammy. Tammy, you know, a lot of people didn't like it, but I found something in it entertaining. And I can say that about Jumping Jack Flash It's got a really great cast You know A really great director, Penny Marshall And these are comedy greats You know, the Phil Hartman Phil Hartman was not the Phil Hartman That we would all, you know, this is before All of that You know, my name is Troy McClure You might remember me from such film, remember that? My god Everyone at the, you know This is the beginning This is 1986 Jumpin' Jack Flash, directed by Penny Marshall, starring Whoopi Goldberg and Jonathan Price. Unpleasant Dreams. Good evening and welcome to the Dr. Zeus. Film Podcast We're going to have a little fun today Dorothy Faye Dunaway Was born on this day In 1941 And she's 80 today And you know She starred in probably one of the most Misunderstood comedies of all time
4: i well, want Outstairs in the Rose Garden Come on, hurry up Come on, come along I want you right away. Two years and a of
1: Friends. Oh, creative differences. Oh, Good. I want some help here. I want all of these branches cleared out of here now. Caroline and Christopher, start clearing away all these branches. Start gathering them up. Go And get the wheelbarrow and the rake. Mm-hmm. 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 Tina,
0: bring me the axe.
1: Bring me the axe.
0: That is truly a feel-good moment. She just keeps on going, people. You know, Faye Dunaway, as as um, pompous as she is, has tried to run away from her legacy. You know, that film did a lot for her. And, you know, came off with the heels of a uh, network, you know. She won the Oscar for Network. She didn't win the Oscar for Mommy Dearest. I think like she had planned, you know, Betty Davis being an Academy member like hell was going to let Faye Dunaway win that. Are you kidding me? She was playing her nemesis, Joan Crawford. And Mommy Dearest is just, you know, filled with so many nuggets so many nuggets of of humor and life and you know oh my god.
1: Look at this roar. You call that clean, do you? Miss Jenkins said it was clean. Miss
4: Jenkins said it was clean. Do you think it's clean?
1: Do you think it's clean? Look at that. Do you? Yes, I do. Oh. Get on the floor. We're going to clean this floor. You and me together, go. Go scrub hard. Scrub. Daddy. Scrub. Oh <laughs> you This floor Asia. is already clean. Scrub is not clean. Look at it. It's not stuck! It's not clean. It's not clean. Nothing is clean. It's all. It's not Mommy. <laughs> Mommy. <laughs>
0: My God, that's overacting! <laughs> My God, Faye, one of the most misunderstood comedies of all time, Mommy Dearest, starring.
4: <laughs> I <hate this> night. <laughs> <laughs> Every year into a crisis. <laughs> <laughs> wish I did have pneumonia I wish I was raging mad over the flu <laughs> and the fever so I wouldn't have to even Thank listen you, <laughs> now for the best
0: female performance in a leading role the nominees they're are they're praying <laughs> Bergman for the bells of St.
2: Mary's Joan Crawford for Mildred Pierce Greer Garson for the Valley of Decision Jean Tierney for Lever to Heaven and Jennifer Jones for for love letters.
4: You're gonna win. I know it.
2: <laughs> May I have the envelope? The
1: picture linked? is a hit. Shh. And the winner is Joan Crawford, Silver Spring! <gasps> <the gasps> Lo- <laughs> <Next laughs> for Joan Crawford is the director of the. What is her
4: Gave me this award tonight, and I accept it from you and only you. I love all of you.
0: I guess the 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 p- pills are kicking in for her. Um, you know, Fay, Fay, Fay. Oh my god, that movie And here is the birthday girl Talking about the the comedy Of 1981 so
1: funny
3: Talk about that uh, The book written by Christina Crawford Was an act of revenge Against her mother in, in most respects um, Whether it was Deserved or not, I, I don't argue But you had an interesting Problem in that, because you had to play Joan Crawford from a script That Uh, was very unkind to her
4: it was by definition an exploitation novel the first of its kind and by definition an exploitation movie and it was never modulated directorially i'm sorry to say it it, it became camp it wasn't brought into a vision that said look let's really talk about who these two people were you know, only God will ever know oh, what passed bring, between them. She has to
0: bring God I into this. was
4: the inevitable tragedy that comes when, from a child of want, which is what Crawford was, and a child of plenty, which is what the little blonde girl was. And I could only imagine looking at her face. You know, Albert Camus said, one is responsible for one's face. And I always love that. I mean, we're responsible for what we look like because that, you know, is an expression...
0: What about all that Botox, Faye? Is, is Robert Camus responsible for botulism in your face?
3: way has the talent and the class and the courage to make a real star. And in fact, Faye became a successor to the stars of the 30s and 40s like Joan Crawford. Um, you, you have said something that surprised me, that you didn't actually imitate her look. Have you seen? If you've seen the picture or seen photographs, Faye is Joan Crawford. I know, really. You put on the white turban. I know, but you—you. You, I don't know how you did it. No, the I'm the asking discovery. you how. No, you the did discovery, it. discovery it's was incredible, was an interesting illusion.
4: Discovery. Yeah. a no, sleight of hand. Yeah. Well, because we we did. It was about muscles, muscles. We did all the. I mean, we
0: <laughs> You really got to put steroids to make her look like freaking Joan Crawford. And you
4: know the mouth
0: it's not a the tumor
4: the way she did it in terms of makeup and it still didn't work. And I finally kept staring at the picture and staring at it. And what and then I finally realized that it was the way she held her face. It was the muscles, how she trained the muscles to be in that star kind of mask, really is what it was. And, and that was the discovery. That made the difference.
3: It was amazing. It was an amazing difference. You looked just like It was like chilling.
4: You. It was so scary.
3: You've said that you spent a month in bed after. At yeah. least, Was that tough?
4: Huh? Well, yeah. It was a real nightmare, you know. I used to wake up at 3 in the morning like that. I hadn't realized it would be so difficult.
3: And you paid a price for it in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. There were people who resented the fact that you had taken it on. Huh?
4: I think the greater price I've played is that, for better or worse, the work you do contributes to your persona. I feel uncomfortable with the persona that is out there as a result of the Crawford picture. It was a kind of a kabuki performance, you know what I mean? Wow. <laughs> Very... That's right. It was silly. I'm done that now. I'm sorry to say.
0: Okay, she's repeating herself again. <laughs> oh my god! There is so much. I know you probably think you know I'm on something, and I'm not talking about mommy dearest in this way. But you know, you watch it. I remember my cousin years ago, she rented it almost 20 years ago. No, 20, yeah, 21 years ago for her and her friends because they thought it was a horror film. And I'm thinking, oh my God, what are you, are you kidding me? It was, it was wacko. I, I had already seen it. There was nothing horror film about that movie, but you know, kids.
4: Talk is finished in the living room, Miss Crawford. Good. this girl when you polish the floor you have to move the tree if you can't do something right don't do it at all I'm sorry Miss Crawford give me the soap you see Caroline you have to stay on top of things every single minute Caroline can you get that yes Miss Crawford
0: not mad at you. I'm mad at the dirt. Yes, ma'am. come on. She's mad at the dirt. Okay, she's mad at the dirt. Um Yeah. There's a lot going on in this crazy movie. Oh my god. Is this it? this <laughs> That's hilarious Oh my god they're trying oh here it is
1: don't fuck with me fellas
0: J'ai my first time at the rodeo Oh my god. Oh my god. This is great. Don't fuck with me, fellas. This ain't my first time at the rodeo. It is a comedy of treehouse horrors. Trying
4: to sweep the poor little widow under the carpet. Think again. I'm on the board of directors of this lousy company.
2: Well, we assumed that with your husband gone, you would no longer want to be on the board.
4: Al and I helped build Pepsi to what it is today. I intend to stay with it.
3: We appreciate your devotion and contribution, Miss Crawford. But we have retired you... From the board of directors.
4: You drove Al Steele to his grave, and now you're trying to stab me in the back? Forget it! I fought worse monsters than you for
1: years in Hollywood. I know how to win the hard way.
2: Miss Crawford, we don't want any hard feelings.
4: You don't know what hard feelings are
1: until I come out
0: Yeah, she wants to make them hard instead. What you sell.
4: Please, Miss Crawford hardly necessary to make threats you surely don't mean. Don't fuck with me, fellas!
1: <laughs> this ain't she my first
0: time, time at the rodeo. You More like the, the roadhouse. The
4: delivered to Pepsi was my power. I can use it any way I want. It's a sword. It
1: cuts both ways. Uh,
0: yeah. Yeah. We, we know you a couple of ways Joan but anyway <laughs> oh my god uh, what what a what a fun movie yeah mm. I love she's like Christina damn it yeah if I can find it you know every Mother's Day they play it on I IFC I guess that's that's a joke to them uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, take them take them in the house. Yeah, she doesn't seem well. But you know it is mommy dearest. I I think we all we all remember, you know that famous famous scene where she's just scrubbing away and she's not scrubbing the floor, she's scrubbing her her face and and putting a little bit of ice on there. I mean, you know, those Bags under those eyes, you know, and to just, oh, my God, yeah, it is just one of those crazy it, this is like something out of a Loretta Lynn song oh Joan Joan Crawford she was crazy she was crying and like she was dying she took her daughter Christina and she tried to choke her and she wrote a book about it and don't come a drinker. yeah I don't know it's 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 comedy it's comedy why did you
1: attack
0: me yeah that's not- Here we go. This is the big reveal of the comedy.
1: Maybe just a little true. I don't expect much. I don't know what to do with you. I don't know what to do with you. Why not? I don't ask much from you, girl. Why can't you give me the respect that I'm entitled to? Because... Why can't you treat me the way I would be treated by any stranger on the street? Because Because I am am not not one of your your friends! friends.
2: (laughs) Oh God, it, it gets messy. Yeah, it gets kind of graphic. everything!
0: <laughs> oh, this is perfect.
1: Yeah. <laughs> There's a liquor store on the right. know where to find the boys
0: and the booze. oh god oh mommy dearest yeah oh my god Faye Dunaway what the fuck were you thinking you know sometimes I, I I summon Betty Davis and it's like was Betty Davis right or what she worked with Faye Dunaway and she didn't like her Mainly also because she played Joan Crawford. Uh, She showed up late. She, Betty Davis did not hold, Betty Davis didn't give a fuck. She didn't hold back. She went on Johnny Carson and said how unprofessional Faye Dunaway was. Ooh. Betty Davis, I mean, you know, Joan Crawford was already dead. So it was like, you know, come on. What else? What else is she going to throw at her? Come on. Um, But yeah, you know, Mommy Deer is basically, it's the comedy that keeps on giving it ruined, you know, Faye Dunaway's career. Faye Dunaway doesn't like to admit that. But it gave her a whole new kabuki outlook, you know? Oh my God, directed by Frank Perry. Although Faye says it wasn't directed. Okay, then who did it? Um, The film was a commercial success despite receiving mostly negative reviews. (laughs) film's bizarre script and highly charged acting. (laughs) There is a really funny moment where they're on the beach and it's like something out of Falcon Crest and Faye Dunaway is really overacting. She's like, you know, there's something missing from my life and her boyfriend's like, Yeah, a hit movie (laughs) She wanted him to say baby Um, But you know, we take it all the way to that that intro Where she's scrubbing the fuck out of her face And she's putting the ice I thought about that one time I thought, okay, is that going to work? Do I scrub my face like that? I don't And then I, I put ice cubes all over me It's like, no But you know, I did hear We could we could defend Joan a little bit. (laughs) She didn't like Jean Harlow, and um, Marine, uh, not Marine O'Hara. Uh, uh, what's her name? Mia Farrow's mother, who was an actress too. Marie, Marie. Or Maureen O'Sullivan She um, Was hanging out with Jean Harlow one time And they were in really cold weather And she got a, a really cold washcloth And put it on her breasts And she was like oh my god Why are you doing that She says oh my mother said that If I do that my breasts won't sag So maybe Joan Crawford Didn't want her face to sag Although You know when they were doing I almost said what's up doc But when they were doing whatever happened to baby Jane Betty Davis says That they kept putting falsies In Joan Crawford And kept making her to look pretty Yet the character is supposed That's probably why she didn't get nominated She screwed herself over You know I mean she played that lesbian and Johnny Guitar And I love how when I tell people that they're, oh, She wasn't playing a lesbian Are you kidding me Let's get real. Have you ever watched Johnny Guitar? It's no, no. And, you know, and I'm not going to say the derogatory term. Um, even, even Mercedes McCambridge. I mean, you know, it is like a feast of fish filet, you know. Um, but back to Mommy Dearest, the comedy that just keeps on giving. I mean, oh, my God, this movie. Oh my god And, you know, I'd like to thank Faye Dunaway for basically You know, it's become a cult classic You really want to laugh your ass off You watch Mommy Dearest Yes, it is disturbing in some Moments But But You know what? Nothing beats Nothing beats I'm not mad at you I'm mad at the dirt Okay, or Christina, Christopher, damn it Um Yeah. I don't know. So, you know, we dedicate tonight. Faye Dunaway, why didn't you do like a comedy like everybody else? You know? Um Yeah. Faye Dunaway oh, God. Faye Dunaway being funny. See if there's something that exists. Okay.
1: How about after the
0: show? Oh, here we go. (laughs) (laughs) Be done away. Oh, yeah, she tried to play Catherine Hepburn. (laughs) Why? Anyway. She's got a problem, you know. Well, um, you know, <laughs> Mommy Dearest, ah, uh, oh, it is just, it is just an amazing comedy. It is so amazing. And she is so faded away. Call
1: received 6, 14 a.m. Thursday, <laughs> February 27th. Yeah, Jack, this is on away Look, uh, I've r- erased some of the stuff from the O'Neill interview, but I'm not really interested in Terry O'Neill. He's a big, big liar, and I- I'm really not interested in, in him. And, uh, you know, or in, in dilly-dallying and-, and tarrying over Mommy Dearest, I don't even want to discuss it in my interview, or on this Lloyd Webber thing. Those are negative. And I noticed that you have nothing in about Marlon Brando. You have nothing in about Johnny Depp, which I did two films with. I don't expect you to get, get him for an interview. But you can put some footage in of the Costa of the movie, which I was brilliant in and it was not well sold in this country. You can talk about the Marlon Brando film that I was wonderful in. All the positive things along that, that period. The Marlon Brando film was going on at the same time that the Lloyd Webber stupidity was going on and you all have to put in the Lloyd Webber stupidity. You can't put in that I worked with the wonderful Marlon Brando and talked to the director of that movie for Christ's sake. And I'm not going to approve it. I'm really upset now because that, I, I, for two nights now, tried to thread through that stupid interview with a with a man that I will not even waste my time discussing and, and you know who suffice it to say stopped working when he married me and pretended to be my manager for a very long time. So let's not even go there. It's very upsetting to me. And then to put my our, our child in jeopardy the way he had. So I'm not interested in these negative things that you all are putting in there at the end. I don't want Lloyd Webber in. I'd like you to cut him out and I'd like you to really trim down everything to do with that mommy dearest. I'm not gonna talk about it. Maybe one thing I'm gonna say about it, and
0: that's all. And so, as we end tonight's tribute to Mommy Dearest, the comedy that keeps on giving, let's visit Faye Dunaway at her best.
3: It's where he was drowned. Girl is a witness. Is a witness. Who is she? And don't give me that crap about your sister because you don't have a sister.
4: I'll tell you. The truth. I'll, tell you. Yes, I'll tell you the truth.
3: Good. What's her name?
0: Mommy <sighs> <sighs> Terrace. Catherine. <laughs> Catherine
3: Who.
4: She's my daughter. I said I want the truth.
1: She's my sister. <laughs> She's my daughter. You
0: know, they really should have slapped her when she screwed up the Oscars, you know, and she really fucked that up where poor Warren Beatty, you know, it's like he got got the wrong card and Faye being the alpha crazy that she is. Oh, give it to me. Come on. La La Land. And you could see the face work that she had as she said that she looked like one of those Muppets, you know? Yeah. But, hey, she gave us Mommy Dearest, the film that just keeps on giving. It just does. So, Faye Dunaway, it's your birthday as you climb out of the hole of obscurity. You know, what's going to happen? I mean, I've seen Network. It is a little overblown. I've seen Chinatown. Chinatown's good. Chinatown's good. You know, but Mommy Dearest, Mommy Dearest just takes... yeah.
4: On you bark. mark. Get set.
1: And go. I tell you to come out. No, I won't. No, you won't. Yes, you will. Ow! Ow! I won't go. I won't go. All right, all right. I won't go. You stay. Mommy,
4: what do you think you're doing nothing mommy
1: I was
4: just
0: just playing oh shit what do
4: you mean playing pulling through my things making fun of me I wasn't making fun of you I was just trying to. I was acting. Play acting. Like you're always doing.
2: Come on. You've got everything you want.
4: No, I don't. I want a baby. A baby? I was pregnant seven times with Francho. I lost the
1: a wonderful and advantaged life. Damn it, Joan. I got you the baby. It's yours. You have it.
2: You're gonna love this. Boobie star manages to have it all. Career, home,
3: family. Miss Crawford, the condolences of every person in Pepsi-Cola
2: are with you.
1: Fuck with me, fella! Ms. Crawford, and I think you're underreacting,
0: Mrs. Chadwick. <laughs> We're ready for you, Ms. Crawford. told you i told you it's comedy it's not the most well-received comedy but but it's a comedy yeah with a little bit of craziness unpleasant dreams Good evening and welcome to the Doctor Zeus Film Podcast. We're under schedule, so comedies. Last night we did a, we had a little fun with Faye Dunaway and her craziness towards Mommy Dearest.
1: <sighs> yeah,
0: yeah. Comedies are like fine wine. You can discover them at any time. You know, there's a few comedies that I've already talked about on here before. That are of the supernatural. That of course is Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice is a personal favorite of mine. You know, when Michael Keaton and Tim Burton get together, oh shit. You know, Batman that not well, if you count the times that Michelle Pfeiffer went crazy in that movie, that is kind of funny. Or when she puts the that the hairspray in the microwaves, it's like, oh God. Meow. Yeah. But you know, Beetlejuice and nightmare before Christmas comedy is just endless it's endless you know Laurel and Hardy my grandmother loved Laurel and Hardy um I have yet to, to watch a lot of their films I've watched a few of them you know I've talked about the thin man we've talked about good morning Vietnam we haven't talked about Auntie Mame yet I'm preparing for that Auntie Mame is one of my personal favorites Rosalind Russell I I relate to that character She's so whimsical, and at the heart of it, she has a big heart. That's the thing, you know, and so I thought, let's just talk about Rosalind Russell. Rosalind Russell, who was a great comedian and a dramatic actress, you know, and back then you didn't win awards for being comedic, you know. She was nominated for Auntie Mame. She did My Sister Eileen, you know, His Girl Friday. His Girl Friday is a legendary movie. You know, with her and Cary Grant, uh, former married reporters, you know, and then go back to the women from 1939 directed by George Cukor, you know, uh, where she's playing Sylvia Fowler, Fowler or Fowler. And, you know, Rosalind Russell was just, I mean, the timing, the voice. She was in Picnic. She had a supporting role in Picnic, even in Gypsy. In Gypsy, she just let it loose as, you know, Mama Rose. Because it is her turn But that voice You know Rosalind Russell Rosalind Russell is one of my personal favorites She doesn't get a lot of Love and adulation as she should have You know in life she did And that's important It always bothers me that she's not on those top 10 lists You know You don't have a His Girl Friday Without the Girl Friday Played by You know uh, Rosalind Russell as Hildy Johnson um oh god she was so phenomenal but Auntie Mame Auntie Mame is Rosalind Russell I mean she originated it on Broadway she brought it to the big screen you know her and and um what was it Peggy Cass you know oh my god what what an amazing cast of Auntie Mame Um, she escapes my name right now but you know the blonde in the Maltese Falcon. The 80th anniversary this year We're going to talk about that It's not a comedy But we'll talk about it She's in the Maltese Falcon And then she plays One one of the Upsons The family of the Upsons In Auntie Mame They're very upper crust But they don't They're not They don't like a lot of diversity Yeah If you've ever watched Auntie Mame Auntie Mame is this hilarious escalator ride life truly is a banquet in fact on my tablet it says life is a banquet and most poor suckers are starving to death well actually it says life is a banquet that's it i should have added the rest you know i love the book i love the movie um but Rosalind russell Rosalind russell really deserves i mean she even did she did a movie with gene harlow and and clark gable um I think it was called China Seas. She's a very small part in it. You know, Rosalind Russell had that voice. She had this, you know, no one sounded like her. No one looked like her, you know. And tonight is a short night, you know. But I thought, you know, let's just talk about her as we get ready for more January comedies, you know. And Rosalind Russell just, oh my God, what, what, a, what an icon. She was in trouble with Angels 1 and 2. And then what happened is she died of a very... I I can't think of it right now. Yes, I know. I should do my homework. But, you know, this is my show and I can do what I want. And we always have an extra episode. So, come on. But we will dive more into the the, uh, career and life of Rosalind Russell. But tonight I thought I would just mention her. And mention to you, watch His Girl Friday. Start with His Girl Friday. Then the women, Trouble with Angels, and maybe Gypsy. Gypsy is a little dramatic, you know, Gypsy Lee, Ro, Gypsy Russell, hello. Um, but uh, yeah. So, His Girl Friday, starring Rosalind Russell. I put her above Cary Grant, and carrie Grant, yeah. And uh, from 1941, oh my God, 80 years of. His Girl Friday. What an amazing screwball comedy. But at the same time, it deals with the news. It deals with journalism. Originally, it was called The Front Page. (coughs) And then it was reworked. You know, there wasn't a female character in it. And that said a lot, putting Rosalind Russell, they called her Roz Russell, in the lead role alongside Cary Grant. She held her, her own. You know, Rosalind Russell was so quick with dialogue, and so was Cary Grant. So His Girl Friday, I want you to watch it. You know, we've talked briefly about it, but mainly tonight for Rosalind Russell. So His Girl Friday from 1941, you know, let's ask Siri. Hey, Siri, who directed the film His Girl Friday? I think it was Howard Hawks. But just to be sure... Howard Hawks, of course. This on the web. Howard Hawks, yes. Howard Hawks directed, you know, Howard Hawks discovered Lauren Bacall, um, you know, did some movies with Bogart, but his Girl Friday is a comedy. And Rosalind Russell is just riveting. They always describe her as riveting, Rosalind Russell, you know what I mean? And as Auntie May, she truly is. I, I, you know, I think a lot of people feel that with Auntie Mame, she's not really acting. That that is truly who Rosalind Russell is. Is this, you know, bohemian, whimsical woman who will do anything for a party and for her nephew, Patrick. So tonight, Dr. Zeus Film Podcast, I give you Rosalind Russell and... Maybe even the women, you know, the women, the women is an ensemble with Norma Shearer and, oh my God, Joan Fontaine, Joan Crawford. There's a lot of Jones and the women directed by uh, George Cukor. You know, George Cukor unfortunately got the label of being a women's director and that didn't sit well with some male actors. Yet a lot of male actors, including Ronald Coleman, won Oscars under his direction. Rex Harrison in *My Fair Lady*. <sighs> you know, but Rosalind Russell. Rosalind Russell not only eats the cake; she takes it, she runs with it, she throws it in your face. You know, um, there's a really great line. Between her and Cary Grant, where she's like, "Anytime, any place, anywhere, scram, Svengali. You know the, the the dialogue; it's fast, and you know Cary Grant always gets what he wants in the movies. Come on, even even in um an affair to remember. If it that didn't happen to me, why did it have to happen to you? So, as Auntie Maine would so famously say. Or or what's oh my favorite is when she, uh, <laughs> Patrick's like, is the English lady sick Auntie Mame? Oh she's not English she's from Pittsburgh. Well she sounded English. Well when you're from Pittsburgh you have to have something. <laughs> and then they go up and she's like, um, uh, you know, oh my loom is by the window. Do you like to weave, dear? <laughs> She's all over the place Throwing parties But let's start off with His girl Friday The women My sister Eileen China sees And maybe even Picnic Picnic you know she has a supporting role It's it's William Holden um, And then uh, What was her name Kim Hey Siri who was in the movie Picnic Let's see, don't you just love it? it's at it's at it's at my fingertips. okay, here we go. where is it? Siri Siri, you're very slow this week, yeah, so well I mean but let's see William Holden and the chick from from uh what's that movie with James Stewart um vertigo. Yeah, you know, the chick with the face, she had that really bad facelift. Yeah, but tonight's about Rosalind Russell. So we're going to continue this Unpleasant Dreams. And Rosalind Russell, thank you for making us laugh. His Girl Friday. Good evening and welcome to the Dr. Zeus Film Podcast. January comedies So Let's just talk about A pile of stuff And how You think you're above everyone in this room When you are wearing something That was selected by everyone in this room From a pile of stuff What film is that? The Devil Wears Prada Meryl Streep We all knew Meryl Streep could do comedy. If you've ever seen Postcards from the Edge, hello. Written by the effervescent, the late, the fearless, Carrie Fisher. You know, Carrie Fisher has been on this show in the past. We we call her Carrie fucking Frances Fisher. Ooh, and I do think I hear, hi Carrie, Carrie. You know, you always call me at very entertaining and unopportune times. So how are things doing on planet Earth, sweetie? I hear they wanted to try to, you know, dismantle the government. Well, they can't, those stupid fuckers. What did you think of that? Oh, God. We shot on the Heaven Television Network. You know, first of all, those journalists need to get over themselves. Although MSNBC really, I mean, that already. malware what else can I say? Hip-hop. That is amazing. More inspiring than Anderson Cooper, who just gives shade all day. You know, those those Trump followers, I wouldn't touch touch them with a 10-foot pool pole. You know, they're so fucking ugly looking. And they feel that the world owes them seven times over. What did you think of my old yeller analogy? Oh sweetie, I think that's hilarious. Oh my god. Hilarious You know you take your hurt And you make it art And the Trump people are like Old Yeller It's like rabies Inoculations are not gonna help them They think that a mask Should be worn between their legs Not on their face To cover that stupid hole They call a mouth Now Carrie let's be nice Well you know honey I've been dead for four fucking years Well five if you count January January so, you've worked with Meryl. Yes, Queen Meryl. Three-time fucking Oscar winner. You know, Postcards from the Edge, what happened was people felt that Meryl was too too serious. And so, they said, Carrie, can she play you in Postcards from the Edge? I said, absolutely. <laughs> and when they say that Shirley MacLaine is going to play your mother... Debbie Reynolds, oh, you really signed that dotted line. And what did you think of The Devil Wears Prada? Did you have a little script doctor writing to do with that? No, sweetie. Although, maybe. You know, Meryl is untouchable. She's untouchable. Um, She won't even do touch by an atheist, you know, touch by an angel. Um, But when she did The Devil Wears Prada, I think people started to realize that you don't fuck with Meryl, even when she's playing Anna Winter. Who you know I've had a few run-ins with Anna Winter in my my living life. But in the afterlife, honey, no. It's not about fashion. It's about who wants to sit at the table and play Kanaska for five millennia with Frank Sinatra and my mother. You know, my mother warned or not my mother. Frank Sinatra warned my mother, Debbie Reynolds, about marrying a singer, Eddie Fisher. She, he, he warned her. He said, Debbie, why are you marrying this buffoon? Why, sweetie? And, you know, of course, she it produced two children. My brother Todd and I and countless other half babies, you know what I mean? Oh, Eddie, Eddie, we don't know where he is right now. Oh, you don't? Oh, no, sweetie, we don't. Uh, this is Carrie fucking Francis Fisher. I'm here to talk about Meryl Streep and her comedy exploits on the Dr. Zeus Film Podcast, January Comedies. I'm Carrie Fisher, and I starred in Star Wars, or as a really funny comedic thing when, you know... George Lucas said I couldn't wear a bra because there was no underwear in space. But now there apparently is Han Solo. What did you think? I, I, I know you didn't live to see The Mandalorian. Oh, honey, you lived? I've seen it. We have Disney Plus in heaven. So what did you think of The Mandalorian? Pedro Pascal. You gotta understand, I traded barbs with Oscar Isaac. In the last two remaining Star Wars films that I was alive for. And those were exceptional. Oscar Isaac is a hot piece of ass. Who can act circles around Harrison Ford. And Pedro Pascal, his buddy, his confidant, playing the Mandalorian. I understand you ordered the mask. What a fanboy you are. What, no Princess Leia outfit? Nah, I I never really was into cross-dressing Carrie. Oh, but you do my voice very well, honey. Yeah. This is Carrie fucking Francis Fisher. We're here to talk about Meryl. We're not going to roast her because Meryl could roast herself and still win an Oscar for it in 17 different languages. But I digress. So, Carrie, you have to go and catch the Midnight Express? Yes. My mother and I are having tea with Gloria Vanderbilt. I'll tell her you said hi. This is Carrie Fisher. The Dr. Zeus Film Podcast gives you entertaining moments. Having dead people on the show through the possibilities are endless. I'm Carrie Francis Fisher and I approved of this podcast. And Carrie just flew away. She flew away. You know... Meryl Streep, The Devil Wears Prada. Well, it did. It was called Anna Winter. Anna Winter and Andre Liantali don't talk anymore. And I think Stanley Tucci really isn't playing in Andre Liantali in The Devil Wears Prada. So, but yeah, Meryl Streep in comedy. She's funny. You know, it's unfortunate that the late Catherine Hepburn didn't think much of Meryl. She thought that Meryl was too technical Maybe she's one of the detractors Who encouraged Meryl to do more comedies Who knows But the Devil Wears Prada Postcards from the Edge Where yes, Meryl does play Carrie Fisher And of course Shirley MacLaine plays Debbie Reynolds Although Debbie says that's not really her It is Debbie and Shirley all know. They all used to have, you know, food and dinner Sunday luncheon at Elizabeth Taylor's. Comedy. Comedy requires really great actors. And you think of the Shakespearean stuff that Meryl Streep did. I mean, come on. Come on. Even even Robert De Niro will kill for comedy. Come on. The king of comedy. You know. When you don't hit that mark, honey, you ain't going to be in the movie. Okay? Yeah. The Devil Wears Prada is one of those movies. Hey. Hey, Smokey. Or hey, hey, Fox. Hi. Is that your girlfriend? Yeah? Okay. Yeah. I was just talking to the cats. You know, they're on the show, too. Um, Devil Wears Prada 2006 my god what a hilarious movie and it is i mean you think of all the little things that meryl does in that movie that causes you know uh, emily blunt to get hit by a car you know she's like and she's losing her shit because you know they have transformed anne hathaway from this woman who didn't believe in what they're doing to this woman who looks radiant She is the devil wears caca. You know, because Prada... Well, she's getting there. And there's a moment where Emily Blunt's character... Gets hit by the car and she's like... You're gonna go... You're gonna get to go to Paris. And those clothes, you don't deserve them. You eat carbs, for Christ's sake. And here she is about to eat a biscuit. She eats carbs too when she's depressed. It's so funny. And then, of course... You know, Meryl... Where are the belts? Why is no one ready? You have no fashion sense. Style? Uh, That's an opinion. Oh no, honey. Oh no, dear. It's not. You know, you think that you're above everyone in this room when you're wearing something that was selected by everyone in this room. From a pile of stuff. Just that right there. <laughs> oh god. Or in the in postcards from the edge where she shoots what's his face? He's a Trump supporter, so we're not gonna mention him. Oops. Um and she's like, They're blanks, asshole. <laughs> yeah.
1: Hi kiddies.
0: Yeah, no making love on my shift. Um It is Cat Valley here, yeah But you know, the Dr. Seuss Film Podcast Believes in humor I've given you Carrie Fisher I've given you Meryl Streep And her, you know, I mean when she played Margaret Thatcher, that was not funny It was funny that she did win the Oscar for it But you know After 30 some odd years It's like, and I hate to say they threw her a bone But you know, and the Oscars Like transformative experiences And when you put all that makeup on when you play someone as evil as Margaret Thatcher, Gillian Anderson, are you listening? Then you're bound to get an award for it. Jillian Anderson, this concerns you. Maybe a Golden Globe, maybe an Emmy. You know, but Meryl Meryl's got that Oscar. She's got three. Kramer versus Kramer, and Sophie's Choice, which is disturbing. But you know, we'll we'll leave it at that. I mean, Margaret Thatcher. That's kind of like, it's not disturbing, it's Margaret Thatcher. You know, Margaret Thatcher had problems. And and Meryl really, you know, drove it into that screen. I mean, come on, you know. Yes, yes, the medicine is harsh, but the patient requires it. You know? The Iron Lady. Dennis! No! You know the Falkland Islands The Falkland Islands are mine And I want them back Ooh I mean When she does that voice you don't fuck with Meryl Oh my god You know Even Tracy Ullman was like Here's my girl Here's my girl Meryl from Jersey Doing the you know Margaret Thatcher from Grantham Oh yeah Everyone's on Meryl's side In that aspect Comedy and Meryl Streep Well, Mamma Mia, of course She, You know Yeah Cher was in the sequel Because I guess Meryl's character died Well, Or maybe she wanted more money, I don't know It's Meryl She was in Big Little Lies And people literally lost their shit Or they lost their shit Because it rolled off of Nicole Kidman's Very smooth face But that's what Botox does And, you know, I'm not gonna... I don't think Meryl has had anything done. You think she's gonna fuck with that face? Now that's comedy right there. You want to be taken seriously as an actor, as an actress. And yet you go and have Botox done. Why? Betty Davis would cringe. She would put the cigarette in her vagina and smoke it. It's like, fuck you. You don't mess with your face. You think... Robert De Niro's gonna go and have Botox? It's no, get real, get real. I was with a friend one time and we were watching Captain Marvel, okay. And Annette Benning appeared, and Annette Benning has aged. And my friend, very, this kind of upset me. She says, Oh, if I ever look like that, shoot me. I said, What's wrong with Annette Benning? She's happy in her life, she doesn't need to have a whole shitload of Botox and get under the knife are you kidding me leave that to Madonna then you can speak in a British accent for $5.95 a minute. Come on Meryl so I don't think Meryl has had anything done. Meryl is hilarious though when she gets an award she knows you know you can't take this shit seriously. She knows you know yeah She's still married to the same guy for almost 50 years Has a shitload of kids. That's funny. And so I love it that, you know, Meryl can be free in these comedies. And maybe, you know, to some of us, The Iron Lady is kind of like one giant comedy gone wrong. You know, there's the voice, there's the hair. What am I bound to be, fearless? I mean, even that makes me cough, you know. And no one's holding my balls while I do it. But Meryl, you know, you gotta love Meryl. Maybe that's what. Maybe that's next for Meryl is playing a man. You know, Kate Blanchett played Bob Dylan. I guess Meryl Streep could play. Uh, I don't know. Mitch McConnell. Oh God, the Mitch McConnell story. Meryl could do it. We are not here for an Oscar. Wait, she? Wait, no, she did play a man. She did in an *Angels in America*. Isn't that right, Kitty? Yeah, that's right. This cat is just amazing. Um, it's on the *Doctor's Zeus Film* podcast. You know, I had an I had a good I had a good day, but that commute that commute just takes a lot out of me. I think I'm gonna hire a driver. You know get myself a limo and just pretend that you know i guess someone ate something um but yeah comedy i've displayed for you all the moments you know dying is easy comedy comedy is hard but you know what when you're a three-time oscar winner like meryl streep it ain't hard honey they give you that check and she laughs she, you know, I mean there are there are moments in August Osage County where it's hilarious. I was like, fuck, that is funny. She's like her her daughter in the movie is like and she's like, what do you think? You look like a Larce Look at you, you got too much makeup on. The only woman who didn't need that much mi- makeup and she looked beautiful is the lips of Tyler and she wore a tan Yeah. Yeah. This is dedicated to Meryl Streep. I mean you know, think of, think of those comedic moments, okay? You know, uh, it's complicated with Alec Baldwin. I mean, you know, it, you have to be a comedian to pretend to kiss Alec Baldwin because he just looks like shit. Um, and sometimes his comedy is on point, and other times it's like Joan Crawford on crack, you know? And, and, then, and then she's got to sleep with, you know, Steve Martin. That's really funny right there. Meryl Streep and Steve Martin, okay. it is funny, and then to play in that same year, the late, the great, you know, Julia Child, I love Julia Child, oh my god, you need to do this, it's like a duck, you need to crack its neck, and oh, it's just Martha Stewart couldn't do this shit, you gotta put it in the wrist, honey, I mean, Julia versus Julia, yeah, Meryl's, like I said, Meryl knows how to do it So, you know Catherine Hepburn, wherever you are I hope that you have come to your senses I don't know where you're at I don't know Carrie doesn't know Maybe she just went poof You know um, Meryl had something to do with that That's special effects right there um, But as a comedian I mean, death becomes her With with. Goldie Hawn, you know, Botox. Yeah, if, if look at look at Death Becomes Her. Okay, look at look at Goldie Hawn. Okay, look at Meryl. Goldie Hawn obviously has had shit done. Goldie Hawn, and 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 you know, I'm not hating on Goldie. Hey, you know, if you want to do that, and, you know, if Kurt Russell is like, hey, I want your badge to tight so at least it can sing happy birthday to you seven times over then hey you know but I you know sometimes I think they do it for themselves not just the men unfortunately the women that I've come across in, in some years do it for the men the men want those perky boobs they want that flawless face oh they want that chin to you know at least hold their beer. yeah and, and I don't like that shit I don't like that shit you look at Jane Fonda who did a lot she changed herself for men And then she started to realize that's not her power. Her power is within herself. And so the beauty of Meryl Streep is she's this strong woman. the strong woman who can be vulnerable and tell you to fuck off. And still laugh and rake in the dough. And that's, I think that's why, you know, as a comedian, I think we should just give Meryl, they should name an Academy Award category for Meryl Streep. The Meryl Streep... Uh, award for excellence. I'm not kidding you. She can do comedy. She can do singing. She can do drama. Fuck it, okay. Fuck it. Ricky and the Flash, where she played guitar. That's funny too, because you know who she took guitar lessons from, and I loved. I love watching that video. That's comedy right there to me. Is Neil Young. Neil Young does not give a shit. He, you know, Meryl's playing the guitar, you know, and then she hands it to Neil. It's like. It's The wolf just got his prize back. She said that Neil... The way that Neil's approach to playing guitar is all the wires. He's like, what is this shit? That's getting in the groove right there. That's getting in the groove. And Meryl can do it. You know? What what a versatile... Versatile uh, comedian. She is a comedian. And these are funny movies. It's not just... You know, romantic comedy. Romantic comedy. Here's the thing. People don't even get laid after romantic comedy. You're going to take someone to see that? You take, you take them to see a slasher film. Meryl Streep as Leatherface. I mean, come on, you know. I'm going to write to her. No, I can't. And say, Meryl, you really want to expand your repertoire? Repertoire. You need to play Leatherface or the little girl in The Exorcist. I could see Meryl doing that. The pea soup, she would have them. You know that pea soup would be Meryl Streep, excellent. Okay, you know, and she could play the she could play the mother too. She could play all the characters in the movie. You know, she could play Father Karis and Marin. I mean, they. You know, that's that's keeping it in the budget right there. And Meryl can do it, Meryl. I think a lot of people take Meryl Streep for granted. Oh, she's the queen of excellence. She's just a human being. But I, she believes in comedy. And you can see that. She loves having fun with it. If you have ever seen an interview with Meryl Streep, she just, she thinks it's funny. And that's how you got to approach life. You know, you got to approach it in a form of humor. That's why I do this podcast. Because it's a form of Humor. You know, and so I have just given you randomness and it's cold. Well, it's not cold. You know, I'm not going to complain about the weather because this is California. My some of my listeners live in New York and in Canada and England. It's cold there. OK, it, it's California cold here. You know, there is no snow on the ground where I'm at. Although the cat might like that I mean I don't know Meryl Streep might like that She could act with a snowman I'm just being silly So watch The Devil Wears Prada And Postcards from the Edge Postcards from the Edge is That's such Oh my god Her and Shirley MacLaine She gets home and she was And her mother's like I thought something had happened to you You're home so late I thought oh no Maybe she's taking drugs again and then she's like, Meryl Streep's character's like, you mind if I drop acid? Because her mother's having a drink. And she's like, oh, please, dear. I don't think my drinking has is anything similar to your drug taking. I drink socially. I took acid socially. Or my favorite. Remember my 17th birthday when your dress just went up and everyone saw it? And she's like, it did not. It twirled up. And you weren't wearing any other underwear. Well, someone had to do something. Yeah, I mean, oh my God. And she's in rehab. In this movie, her character, Suzanne. Basically a composite of Carrie Fisher. And she's rooming with this girl named Aretha. Yeah, interesting. And the guys in her rehab meet her mother. And they're like, oh... He does you in his drag show. It's, <laughs> it's hilarious. Oh, someone's racing down the road. Oh, their cock isn't big enough. <laughs> yeah, fuck you. Don't do that shit. I hate it when people do that. They think, my car is so fast. Your brain's not too fast. Watch that shit catch up. But you know, it is the Dr. Zeus Film Podcast. A lot has been going on on this show. I record daily, nightly. I could record right now and eat a sandwich and you wouldn't even know it. Because the editing, I mean, is just amazing. But no Botox was required. And when you want to have a box of Meryl Streep cereal, just remember, no Botox was added. Because if you if you want to be a real actor, you don't have that shit, okay? Meryl, whatever you've done, you look great, but that's besides the point. It's the performance. When she was in Into the Woods, and I love the play. I have a copy of the play digitally, with the eternal Bern- Bernadette Peters. Bernadette Peters is basically a gay wet dream. You know, when she does shit, it's hilarious. And then you watch Into the Woods with Meryl. It's like, Bernadette who? I, I don't want Bernadette to hear that, but you know. And, and I remember we were watching it. Meryl was hilarious in Into the Woods. And it's the last Oscar. Yeah, and I remember my sister-in-law says to me, she was just so in awe of that performance. She thought Meryl should get an award for it. And I'm like, yeah, I agree with you. And that's what Meryl does. It's not just about drama. It's about comedy. Yeah, so unpleasant dreams, and fuck those people that stormed the Capitol. I hope Meryl Streep gets to play every one of them. That would be a hilarious comedy, right? Meryl Streep is going to play the assholes and idiots during the insurrection. They don't treat us right. It's not fair. I haven't been able to eat any organic food they don't feed my son organic and yet he stormed washington fuck you and the horse that you rode in on and meryl streep could even play the horse too she could play the tear gas i mean oh my god i'm buzzing dreams i'm I'm just having fun good evening and welcome to the Doctor Zeus film podcast. Oh my goodness! What else can I tell you? So we've been talking about Charlie Chaplin. We're gonna take a break. Even the dog is gonna take a break. Um, you know, I've I've talked extensively about Charlie Chaplin and Buster Keaton and um, W. C. Fields. Not yet. <laughs> a comedian, yes. You know what? Screw it, we're just gonna dive in I was gonna do something else But, you know, W.C. Fields didn't like Charlie Chaplin He called him that fucking dancer And, um, you know W.C. Fields famously <laughs> ruffled some feathers The legendary feathers of Mae West In the film, My Little Chickadee Released eighty. 80- Years ago, one of my favorites, not one of Mae West's favorites. In fact, that movie in a way brought her back financially. Um, she'd had a few misses, you know, not as many hits as she, you know, she was labeled box office poison, along with Hepburn and Garbo and Dietrich. Um, but you know may West bounced back um to the chagrin of may west, though there was w c. fields, my little chickadee, my little chickadee is you know, <laughs> oh my god, I mean uh yeah, oh yeah, I'll remember that my little chickadee directed by Edward F. Klein, released. February 9th, 1940 made $2 million. West reportedly wrote the original screenplay with Fields contributing one extended scene set in a bar. Universal decided to give the stars equal screenplay credit perhaps to avoid the appearance of favoritism. But the most incensed West who declined to team with Fields afterwards, the stars spoofed themselves in the western genre with West providing a series of her trademark double entendres if you don't know about may west you need to learn about mary jane west talk about a comedian okay and with wc fields you know i think people yeah thought okay you know she's she's met her match well she didn't see it that way and she was kind of pissed about it and um you know but at the same time it was a successful picture and i think that's all that matters you know with a studio it's like oh we got a hit okay so we're gonna just mosey on over to the trailer oops sorry kitty
4: man. Must come up and see me sometime. Oh,
1: yeah,
4: yeah, I'll do that, my little chickadee. May I help yourself? Would you mind if I availed myself of a second helping? Compromising
1: me.
0: You know what's interesting is she sings a song in the movie. Called. Listen to the story of Willie the Man. Man, never loved a man any finer. I can't do it like May West, <sighs> but you know, <laughs> she was. I mean, you know, her her sense of you know. Wait a minute. Wait, is this a sto- is this a proposal? Are you taking an inventory? And um, what what an icon though. Nobody did it like May West. Nobody ever will Do it like Mae West <laughs> The dogs are even going crazy Over Mae West They're like shit It's May West My grandmother loved Mae West And I've, I don't know if I've ever talked about this The week that she died Almost 20 years ago Doesn't feel like 20 years um, This uh, documentary About May West was on I think at 2 or 3 in the morning And I watched it You know And um, that was That was eerie It was eerie in a sense like Oh my god Mae West was one of her favorites So you know <laughs> These, these classics, you know, from Chaplin to W.C. Fields, to Buster Keaton to Mae West. I, I like people who kind of stand out on the limb by themselves, as Mae West did as a comedian. The double entendre as sex. You know, at that point, there was the Hays Code. You couldn't talk about sex in movies. You know, you could suggest it. Like I, like I said, when we were talking about The Thin Man... And how they're sleeping in twin beds? What the fuck is that? Are you kidding me? They're sleeping in twin beds. No, realistically, people back then didn't sleep, and pe- people were fucking. And 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 please put the kids to bed. This is not uh, this is not an episode for them, you know. Um, I, as I've hinted to people when I very reluctantly tell them about the show. You know, this is this is a show for grown-ups, okay? I'm not going to do a podcast on Old Yeller. This is just not my thing. Okay? Nothing against Old Yeller. Although, you know what I've noticed is those people in the news right now who are just so pissed because they think you know and, and they stormed the capital. They all seem like old yeller. But I shouldn't say that, you know. I don't want to make it political. It's just I can smell the rabies, you know what I mean? And you know, and you know what they did to old yeller when he got rabies. Come on. Come on. Yeah, they impeached him. <laughs> you knew I was going there. Come on. They impeached him. Yeah. What can I say um, about um, Mae West and W.C. Fields? An interesting team. One, You know, it's actually one of my favorites. I love Klondike Annie. Um, I, I love all of her films, though. I think, yeah, there are a few in there that, you know, um, didn't have the pizzazz. That She Done Them Wrong had You know, She Done Them Wrong What's interesting about She Done Them Wrong Is how that saved The studio That saved I I think it was Paramount You know, she she put those gates On Paramount, come on Come on, those double entendres Let's go, you know I, I love how people are so prudish When it comes to Double entendres and um, think that you know, sex is just not a is 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 beneath them. They think, oh, tell them about Christ. Well, that's cool if you want that, but you do know that if there was a God, God invented sex. So, and sex for everybody. Um, comedy. Bring sex out into the open, as Mae West did. Mae West went to jail for it. She went to jail for a play called Sex. Isn't that interesting? She said going to jail was like a badge of honor to her. Yeah, talk about come up and see me sometime. And you know, but her and WC Fields, they would they were they were basically parodying themselves. And I don't think she was up for that. You know what I mean? And I don't know. I, I find her fascinating. I know that Raquel Welch is kinda like put off by her, but that's Raquel Welch. Oh, and Margaret Hamilton is fresh off of um playing The Wicked Witch in this. She plays another wicked witch <laughs> kind of and um you know my my little chickadee it's it's interesting isn't it that these icons that we so revere so like someone like Mae West and my little chickadee, you know um it's it's if I can put the headphone on, I had the headphones on so I could at least hear myself to an extent, you know. Um, this this is a labor of love for me, talking about Mae West. As I said, my grandmother loved Mae West. You know, she told me she would go see those movies all day. Mae West put out a lot of movies. Mae West lived to the ripe old age of 87 Until 1980, the year I was born. In fact, she died the day that a very funny comedian, raconteur, very... Fetching, interesting gentleman named Scott Nevins. Yes, of the People's Couch. I told him that once. I said, you know, you were born the day that Mae West died. Maybe that, maybe a little bit of May West come up and see me. Some. Why don't you come up and see me sometime? Kind of seeped into you because he does the double double entendres. So did Aretha Franklin. <laughs> does that make her May West? I don't know. You know, I think Madonna. Owes May West, her nutsack I'm oh, just kidding, her British accent maybe, oh, there's a really cute YouTube clip of May West and she's on this boat in England and they interview her, she says she found the men in England a little reserved and she's not, and she's like uh, it was so funny, the interview they're like, tell me May, May West what is your hobby? My, uh, 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 or what? What? Tell us about your career. And she's or men, and she's like, well, men, well, men are my career. And they're like, well, what is your hobby, Mae West? My hobby is men. Um, what is love? Love is what you make it with. It can be an art or physical culture. Uh, and now, May West, what is your greatest ambition? My greatest ambition? Well, I don't know. If you come up and see me sometime, I'll let you know. And that's when she's like, well, it was terrific in London, England. The men are a little reserved and I'm not. Yeah, because she was from Brooklyn, New York. Mary Jane motherfucking West. Are you kidding me? Uh, Yeah. (laughs) I, I mean, if you look at the men in England now, they're not that reserved. Come on. A foreskin can go a long way. I told you it was going to get dirty. You know, in, in the tradition of Mae West, okay? I'm not afraid to talk about sex, okay? You know, I often joke with friends that I am the male version of Samantha Jones from Sex and the City. Because if, f- if you fucked it, don't fuck it on my couch. You better clean up and you better douche Damn it You better douche Cause I'm not trying to get dirty Either way You know if you want to come up and see me sometime I'll let you know Yeah that's, that's tradition right there My little chickadee You know what's funny is Is that Margaret Hamilton supposedly was a lesbian Supposedly Let's ask her son Um uh, played one of those people who, you know, in real life she didn't, she liked Mae West but in the movie My Little Chickadee she's like, oh, we need to get that woman, she's in Morrow. and so she's one of those My Little Chickadee has this really great scene where she's on the train and she's got guns and it's like, shit oh yeah, and then she's in a schoolhouse teaching schoolboys okay, hello right there yeah, it's Mae West. It's W. C. Fields. W. C. Fields and her. I mean, you know, he had those. Um, I remember he gives him gives her his card. Hmm, novelties and notions. What kind of notions you get? You digging it? You'd be surprised. Would you be surprised if I evaded myself to seconds? Compromising me Yeah I mean You can tell how many times I've seen my little chickadee It is A riot <laughs> I mean Well It's not that riot That happened in, in D.C. That's disturbing But like I said We're not trying to make it political Although I do believe in double entendres Along those lines Even May West did So You know Hey It's my little chickadee Motherfuckers <laughs> Um Mae West, what an icon You know, uh, unfortunately the film career dried up She continued to make films in the 70s She had some muscle men, oh my Some that would make Arnold Schwarzenegger bend over But you know, I want to give it to Arnold because Yeah, he's a Republican, but you know what? I've always had respect for him when it comes to the fitness and he released a really great statement recently on social media. He also met Mae West. you know Mae West loved muscle men, so she didn't love W.C. Fields, but she loved muscle men. so we'll end it at that, that. you know, um, speaking of muscle men, my uh, you know co- uh, my, one of my fellow podcasters, he used to be a bodybuilder, and one of these days we're going to have him on the show, and I'm going to ask him. I want you to tell me the dark secrets of the locker room. Oh yeah, I want to know what else they're slapping in there. But anyway, hey, see it's double entendres. I get, I start talking about Mae West and look what happens. Double entendres, my little chickadee released in 1940. Mae West, W.C. Fields, duking it out, comedy style. January comedies, Dr. Zeus film podcast, Unpleasant Dreams. Well, before we end tonight's show, I want to apologize for such a short episode. And this is going to be, there's going to be a two-parter. Because in studying Charlie Chaplin, one episode, one and eight minutes doesn't do him justice. Because then people will say, well, you did one on Buster Keaton. And you know, people are always like, which one is better? And you can't do that because they're both very... Important, they're comedians, you know. The ethos of film history is all because of them and Mary Pickford. These are comedians, these it's slapstick, it's vaudevillian, it's cold outside. Um, you know, and I know some of the listeners who are listening are film experts. And they'll be like, you did eight minutes of Charlie Chaplin. Yeah, that's that's like a quickie. And you know, there's. uh, I want I want to do my best to give you a good episode, a love making podcast on Charlie Chaplin, a love fest, you know. And usually that takes about an hour, you know. Get your Viagra ready. But yeah, and the stars are out. I don't see Jupiter tonight. Maybe it will continue. But, you know, that's going off topic. Charlie Chaplin, to me, it's not just comedy. It's very sentimental. I mean, especially the kid. You know, everyone, we love the Mandalorian and the child, Baby Yoda. Before that, it was Charlie Chaplin and that kid. If you've ever seen it, and and there's there's comedy, but there's drama in it. And, you know, the same can be said about the Great Dictator. The Great Dictator basically came out of Chaplin's frustration with what was going on in Europe. And he was, and here he was a British Jew, you know. Um, So, although I could be wrong. I'd have to research that Hey Kitty Um, But yeah Charlie Chaplin is is An icon Of unparalleled Achievements You know People have tried to Emulate him They can't People have Tried to ridicule him Doesn't work and even Buster Keaton had the utmost respect... For Charlie Chaplin... Although... Um... Or actually, no... I think he called him that, that dancer... <laughs> not... Not tiny dancer like Elton John, but you know... Hey... It's... It's comedy... You know... Um... But Charlie Chaplin, I, I just purchased the Criterion collection of the Gold Rush. And I want to give a shout out to Mr. Lord Almy, if you're baked. Yeah. Um, who holds a film degree, which is very impressive to me. Oh, that's brownie points right there. Um, but $20 is $20. Um, when we talk about the Criterions, which ones we have... You know, um, Charlie Chaplin will always be Charlie Chaplin. No one can ever take that away from him. Not even those maggot people. Conspiracy theorists. There's conspiracies about Charlie Chaplin. If you've ever seen the cat's meow, directed by Peter Bogdanovich. Who sometimes has uh, an issue with people. I, he'll make a movie with someone and then he'll talk shit about them. Share. She can't act. Then why did you put her in mask? And why did she get Oscar buzz? Huh? But he did the cat's meow where Eddie Izzard, who is now transitioning, played Charlie Chaplin. And one of the ladies from Absolutely Fabulous played the chick. And then... You know, I mean, it was about William Randolph Hearst and how he accidentally killed someone on a boat. Kirsten Dunst is uh, Marianne Davies. What a stretch. (laughs) But, you know, and that's the other thing. No one really, the only one who has portrayed Charlie Chaplin to an Oscar nomination is Mr. Robert Downey Jr. And some have issue with that. Fuck you. And don't let the kids listen to that. Um, you know... It's interesting that... At his lowest... You know, Robert Downey Jr. You gotta remember, Oscar-nominated actor... for playing Charlie Chaplin. No one else was selected to play Charlie Chaplin. So, Robert Downey Jr., take a bow, okay? We will talk more extensively about that fucking dancer. I think that's what Buster Keaton called him, that fucking dancer. Um, You know, in 1972, Charlie Chaplin received... An honorary Oscar. He had not been in the U.S. for almost 30 years. Charlie Chaplin, Oscar. Here we go.
2: Humor heightens our sense of survival and preserves our sanity. These are the words of Charlie Chaplin. So are these written over 30 years ago. We think too much and feel too little. More than machinery, we need humanity. More than cleverness, we need kindness and gentleness. Without those qualities, life will be violent and all will be lost. Humor and humanity, the abiding elements of Chaplin's artistic conscience and his unparalleled talent as actor, writer, director, producer, composer, and to quote W.C. Fields, the greatest ballet dancer that ever lived chaplin made more people laugh than anyone in history yet always just beneath the hilarity were the fears and sorrows of every man so that one book about him is aptly titled charlie chaplin king of tragedy he created an immortal character the little tramp a thousand writers have woven allegories around him here's how chaplin described him a tramp gentleman, a poet, a dreamer, a lonely fellow, always hopeful of romance and adventure. He would have you believe he's a scientist, a musician, a duke, a polo player. However, he's not above robbing a baby of its candy. And of course, if the occasion warrants it, he will kick a lady in the rear, but only in extreme anger. The world responded not only to the wondrous humor of the little tramp, but also to the love and indomitability he represents, to Chaplin's soaring theme, that man's humanity to man is greater than his inhumanity. The inscription reads to Charles Chaplin for the incalculable effect he has had in making motion pictures the art form of this century. Chaplin has become more than a name. It is a word in the vocabulary of film. And anyone who has ever seen a movie is in his debt. A few years ago, Mr. Chaplin said, My only enemy is time. We respectfully disagree. For wherever and whenever there is communication, a screen and an audience, whether here on Earth and now, or in some unfathomable future on some faraway star, time is Charlie Chaplin's dearest and eternal friend. Thank you. Futile, so feeble I can only say that thank you for the honor of, of inviting me here and all uh, oh, your wonderful sweet people thank you
0: so that is the last well I wouldn't say public appearance because he made several after that and then actually won a competitive Oscar for a score that he did called Smile you know um, but we'll do, we, we will talk more about him probably tomorrow I would love to spread it out and just have other people talk to me about him Charlie Chaplin As I said before Is unparalleled in his achievements As a director A writer, an actor, a producer A musician A dancer And it was W.C. Fields I'm now corrected Not Buster Keaton Who was very jealous Because um, When Robert Downey Jr. was on Inside the Actor's Studio He was with the late James Lipton You know What is your favorite curse word? And they talked about that. How, um, you know, WC Fields called Chaplin the greatest living belly dancer, and he says that wasn't true. He said he was WC Fields was wildly jealous of Chaplin. He called him that fucking dancer. (laughs) Yeah. (sighs) What an icon! A comedian. Comedy, he made you feel, he made you laugh As always, unpleasant dreams Rest in peace, Charlie Chaplin Good evening and welcome to the Dr. Zeus Film Podcast January comedies Last night's Nebraska was great If you've never seen Nebraska, Bruce Stern, June Squid, Bob Odenkirk, you know, um, uh, Will Forte. I mean, come on, you know, it's perfect. Um, There's so many comedies to talk about, so so many comedy hybrids, you know, um, in terms of films You know, and I can jump from Nebraska, and we can go to the '30s and '40s. You know, Um, but briefly, I wanted to just talk about you know the the comedy genre. You know, and you have vaudevillians. You know, Bob. I mean, George Burns was a vaudevillian. I, I don't think people recognize that Buster Keaton was a vaudevillian. Charlie Chaplin was a vaudevillian. You know, when I talk about vaudevillians, people are like what's that and I say well you know back in the day before movies before television you went on the stage to do your your craft you know that's what that's how Charlie Chaplin got started Uh, you know he was a vaudevillian just as Buster Keaton you know Buster Keaton's real name was not Buster he got that being his he came from a family of vaudevillians and his father would throw him around and catch him because it was a stage act. And someone said that's a real Buster. And that's how he got the name Buster Keaton. You know. Um, you know. Uh, and Charlie Chaplin. And all of them. I mean. You know it was about the stage back then. And then movies happened. And you know. Comedies. People people, in terms of the. nick, They were called Nickelodeons. And you would crank the wheel. In the movie. That's how you watch the movie. And, you know, and then you have to, uh, I think Charlie Chaplin's first movie was in 1914, you know. And what's funny about that is his, his own brother said to him, you are the most famous person in the world. Nobody look, knows what you look like out of the costume, which is a form of am- am- em- emininity for Charlie Chaplin. Throughout the years, people started rec- re- when he stopped dyeing his hair people started to recognize, oh, that's Charlie Chaplin, just without the mustache, because he had that mustache, and he had the tramp look. And um, are Buster Keaton. Everyone, everyone knew what Buster Keaton looked like. Buster Keaton just had that face, you know, and that hat. And then when he would start to talk in films, people were like, oh, he not only looks how he talks, he sounds how he, or he talks how he looks, or he sounds how he looks, you know. And so with comedies, you know, it's all about the origins. And so we're not really going to talk about a film tonight. We're just talking about the origins of comedy. You know, I mean that old mantra: dying is easy, comedy is hard. The you know the drama and the the laugh now, cry later mantra of comedy, and the you know uh, the musicians who would follow the kings around and. You know, they'd have a little wine and drink and laugh and they would they would basically, you know, mythologize, you know, make you into a mythology through a song. You know, if you've, if you've ever seen The Witcher, that one guy that follows Gerald around, you know, is, is making him into a mythology through song and through comedy. You know, and, and Shakespeare, Shakespeare was all about comedy, you know, not just drama, because in that drama is the comedy. You know, and you have really great dramas where there's always comedy. Um, the one person who could really mix it the best was Robin Williams. You look at a movie like The Fisher King, where it's sad, but then there's, a, I mean, he's naked, that's comedy. Or you look at. Um, Dead poet society and it's it's very dramatic, but then it's comedy you know where he's telling them to throw out the books or asking the, the young man who is talking about Walt Whitman and calls him a, a snaggy snaggy tooth madman and that's his pers- that's his you know opinion of Walt Whitman and how Robin Williams character Mr. Keaton festers that imagination you know. And so within the drama, you can, you can mix it. You know what I mean? So it is. Uh-oh. 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 Yeah. That's, that's comedy. That's comedy for you. So we'll be back after these messages to close out Vaudevillians.